We live in a time where the church is dominated by false teaching, the blending of truth and error. But now, there's finally someone who's taking a stand. This is the Gatekeepers Radio Show, hosted by Jeff the GK. Welcome to the Gatekeepers Radio Show. We are on to episode number four, which means we've now been doing this show for about a month now, which is actually pretty exciting. We've far exceeded many of the expectations that have been portrayed on social media, and in such a short time, there's been quite a bit of feedback. I'm very thankful to each and every one of the listeners. I've had a lot of amazing, encouraging tweets and messages and emails from those of you who have taken the time to listen to the show. In such a short time as well, we've seen many big names within the Christian church come out and say that they have listened to at least one, if not all, of the first three episodes of this show, so I'm very thankful for that. I actually just a minute ago received confirmation that it seems as if Phil Johnson himself has listened, uh, as well as we know for a fact that James White has listened. Not only has he listened to the show, but he's given me about, what, 45 minutes or so on the dividing line uh, actually reviewing and critiquing the show. So that is something that I am very thankful for. Thank you for helping me to get the word out about some of the topics that I'm dealing with. I'm hoping that you will continue to listen and we will be dealing with some very, very important topics such as today where we're going to be dealing with Catholicism, what is the gospel, we're going to be dealing with uh, this Robert Jeffress interview of Sean Hannity, as well as what is an interfaith dialogue, because this interview that Robert Jeffress had with Sean Hannity in his church has renewed this debate about interfaith dialogue and what the actual definition is of interfaith dialogue. So, Let's jump right in. So one of the things that's really been taking Twitter by storm is this Robert Jeffress interview of Sean Hannity. Now, when Robert Jeffress announced that this was going to happen, I saw a post on their church website, and it was entitled Special Guest Sean Hannity. And they announced, be our guest for an exciting Sunday at First Baptist Dallas as Dr. Jeffress interviews Sean Hannity, host of the Sean Hannity Show on radio and Hannity on Fox News Channel about his new Christian film, Let There Be Light, as well as his faith and perspective on what is happening in America. Now, one of the reasons why this has kind of become so controversial is that historically, Sean Hannity has been very well associated with the Roman Catholic Church. You know, he's always been a man of faith. He's been he's a very conservative vocal voice for uh, many within the Christian community, but he's always been considered Catholic. And so now you have a very Protestant pastor who is bringing supposedly a Catholic into the church during a Sunday morning church service So you can see why there might be some concern. And in fact, when I first 
saw this announcement, I was concerned as well. I tweeted out that I was concerned that Pastor Jeffress was inviting a Roman Catholic to speak at his church. Now, something that I did want to clarify here is that this was an interview, and he is going to be promoting his brand new Christian movie that's starring Kevin Sorbo that is about an atheist who is very anti-God, who has a near-death experience. And from the trailer, it seems as if Kevin Sorbo's character has a going-to-heaven-and-back experience, comes back, becomes a Christian, and then it's supposedly dealing with a lot of these types of issues. Uh, so this was a part of the Sean Hannity marketing tour to promote the movie, and so one of the stops was here at one of his friend's churches, Robert Jeffress. Now, James White took this opportunity to discuss this as this was renewing the debate on interfaith dialogue, as well as what is appropriate to be brought into the church, and then there was a renewed debate as well as a compare and contrast between what Robert Jeffress did with Sean Hannity with what James White did with Yasser Khadi. Now, on Facebook, James White posted the following. He said, yes, well, just a week before the 500th anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation, a major mega SBC church will be interviewing a Roman Catholic about his faith. Hmm, is that an IFD? Given that I really doubt there will be any clear-cut discussion of the utter contradiction between the Roman Gospel and the one that is supposed to be preached at FBD, I guess this one would be fit in the Kumbaya category. Oh, and this is, in fact, in the church, on the Lord's Day, as part of the worship service. There you go. So James White was clearly trying to compare and contrast his interfaith dialogue with Yasser Qadi with this Robert Jeffress interfaith dialogue, supposedly, as James White was calling it, with Sean Hannity. Now, the question is, was this, in fact, an interfaith dialogue? Now, in one of the last dividing lines, which is James White's uh, webcast that's on YouTube, uh, you can actually go look it up. Uh, if you type in James White, Jeff the GK, uh, this episode should pull up, but he challenged me to define what interfaith dialogue actually is, because in one of my last episodes of this radio show, I had made the claim that the historical definition of interfaith dialogue is when two opposing religious leaders from opposing religions come together to compare and contrast the two religions in order to find some sort of common ground and to not only highlight the differences, but to highlight the similarities. And he challenged me because, in his words, who am, basically, who am I to define what interfaith dialogue is? So, I think it's important that it's not coming from me, it's coming from outside sources. Because there is a historical definition of interfaith dialogue, and many within the Christian church have been trying to redefine it in order to fit their narrative that what interfaith dialogue that James White participated in is the same thing that Jesus participated in, which is the same thing that Paul participated in. And so it's very important that we de define our terms because it's not just every single time a Christian interacts with a non-Christian. So let me read to you what interfaith dialogue is, both from a Christian perspective as well as from a non-Christian perspective. 
Okay, so I looked up Focus on the Family. They're a pretty big organization. I'm not the biggest fan of their organization for many reasons. Uh, mostly, there's some pretty serious theological issues. However, they're a widely recognized Christian organization. Now, they define interfaith dialogue as embracing members of other religions for the purpose of finding common ground in the values and goals we share and the similarities between faiths. Now, that seems to fit what James White and Yasser Qadi were doing, right? James White himself said that they were going to compare not only the differences, but the similarities. Now, the International Institute of Islamic Thought produced a book called Interfaith Dialogue, A Guide for Muslims. It was also co-managed by the Fuller Seminary, where, interestingly, Mr. James White attended. This is how they define interfaith dialogue. They say, the primary role of interfaith dialogue is to remove misunderstanding and accept difference. The aim being to generate a climate of peaceful coexistence and harmonious social relations. And this is perhaps more needed today than ever before as mankind is increasingly called upon to exercise tolerance in a markedly volatile world where living and working together in diversity is fast becoming the norm. Now, I want to reiterate this. This fits what exactly happened with James White and Yasser Qadi's interfaith dialogue. However, when you take these definitions and compare it with the interview that Robert Jeffers had with Sean Hannity, that interview does not fit the definition of an interfaith dialogue. So I want us to be clear what an interfaith dialogue is. Again, the primary role is to remove misunderstanding and accept difference. This is very important. Now, I don't think that James White is wanting to necessarily accept differences as equally true. So let's not misunderstand that. But he is playing in to a narrative from the other side to further their goals. And then, by not clearly presenting the gospel, he's not really furthering our goals either. And I would argue that since he wasn't explicitly preaching, repenting from the Islamic faith and from sin and turning to Christ, that he wasn't proclaiming the gospel. Now, I took some clips from this interview that Robert Jeffress had with Sean Hannity, and I wanted to play these for you, and then I'll come in with a little bit of commentary as well. But I want you to hear both Robert Jeffress and Sean Hannity in their own words, so that way I'm not projecting onto them any kind of misunderstanding or miscommunication. So I'm going to play some clips, and I will interject with some commentary as well. And you've been a great friend and helped to me through the years. And, you know, one of the things, before we talk about your movie, and this is a great movie that Sean's the executive producer of, Let There Be Light. We're going to talk about it in a moment. I know you to be a strong Christian. You don't cram it down people's throats on the air, but you're an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, would you tell us a little bit about your faith journey? I think most people don't even know you went to theological seminary, which means you check out everything I say. So as you can hear in that clip, that was Robert Jeffress introducing Sean Hannity to the congregation. 
Now he introduced him as saying, I know you to be a strong Christian and an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. Now, again, we understand that Sean Hannity has a Roman Catholic background. If he still has a Roman Catholic background, that would be very serious for Robert Jeffress to make that claim that Sean Hannity is in fact a follower of Jesus Christ. And here is why. They believe in Jesus Christ as well. That's a problem because they believe in a different gospel than us. So, that, so to say that a Roman Catholic is an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ and he's affirming this man's faith, that would be a serious issue, would it not? And so in this instance, I believe that Robert Jeffress is creating more confusion than clarity. Why does it seem that these mainstream pastors have to reach out to those on the fringe, and I would put Catholicism on the fringe of Christianity because they don't believe the gospel. Now, by worldly standards, they would be considered quote-unquote Christian because they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in salvation by faith alone through grace alone, they believe you place your faith in Jesus Christ and then you have to earn your salvation through good works, through coming to Mass, through participating in the sacraments, through all these extra sort of things, through confession, through X, Y, and Z. They add to the gospel. It's a works-based, quote-unquote, gospel, which is not a gospel at all. So to affirm a Roman Catholic as a follower of Jesus Christ, is only doing disservice to the gospel. Now, to further confuse the audience, he affirms that Sean Hannity went to seminary. He doesn't designate that he went to Catholic seminary. He just designates that he went to seminary. Now, this again, this is creating confusion because Sean Hannity went to a Catholic seminary while in high school. Okay? He didn't go to... Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He didn't even go to, let's say, Fuller Seminary. He went to a Catholic seminary. And again, by affirming that he went to seminary without that certain designation of it being Catholic, again, creating confusion, not clarity. He's failing the audience and failing the gospel. Now let's check out this next clip. All of us have sinned and fallen short. The one thing I would argue that my Catholic upbringing, I'm, I'm more sort of born-again Christian is how I view myself now. The one thing the Catholic Church gave me is guilt. No, I mean this sincerely. Now, did you catch that right there at the end? Sean Hannity said that the thing that the Catholic Church gave him was guilt. And that is very stereotypical of the Catholic Church. And in fact, most other religions, because they're based on performance in order to earn your salvation, and whenever you do something wrong, you have to pay the penalty for it. Now luckily, as born-again believers, we believe that Jesus took the penalty for our sins. And he assumed that guilt on the cross. Luckily, Sean Hannity seems to be separating himself from the Catholic Church by calling himself a born-again Christian. That is very encouraging. 
Does it seem as if he understands what the gospel actually is? Not so much. But it's encouraging that he seems to be reading God's word, which he explains that he does in another place in the interview, and comparing what he sees with the Catholic Church to God's word, and he sees that what they are doing, what they are teaching is wrong. So at least he's coming out of the Catholic Church and heading in the right direction. Now I just pray that those around him will come along and preach the gospel directly to him, and that he will repent and come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. On to the next clip. Only one other thing that I would add, Pastor, is that I did go to a seminary, and the Catholic Church has a, a, a fascinating study, foundational belief on how the church was formed. And I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I think they got it wrong. They did. <laughs> so, but the, but the classes were fascinating, and, and they had an impact on my heart and mind because I remember that the whole Catholic Church is founded on Peter, and remember, Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you are the Christ. Right. You're the son of the living God. Right. And the key words are, you know, blessed art thou, Peter. The word I study Latin too. Blessed in Latin is carefree. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father revealed it unto your heart. Yes. And it is upon this foundation I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here's the Catholic Church takes the interpretation from the Latin, Peter, Petros, rock, and they make Peter, Petros, rock, the Pope. To me, and I don't mean this in any insulting way to the church in any way. I have great respect for people. They're good, committed people that are finding their way like we're all on our own journey. But I thought what Jesus was saying to Peter is, you understand who I am because my father told you directly. And so I always believe that to be like my conscience, that inner revelation. Peter knew who Christ was because God revealed it unto his heart. Now again, we see here that Sean Hannity is separating himself from the Catholic Church. He's realizing that the Catholic Church got it wrong with this passage of establishing Peter, quote-unquote, as the Pope and building the church on Peter. That's not what Jesus originally meant, and, and Sean Hannity realizes that. Again, he is realizing when comparing the Catholic Church's teachings to the Bible that they are getting it wrong. Now, here's the problem. He still doesn't realize the whole point. Because he goes on to talk about his faith journey and listening to the inner voice, and that's the whole point of this passage. It's not. It's not about listening to some inner voice with inside of you. It's about listening to God's word. It's about placing your faith in Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, and following after him. That is the whole point of all this. It's encouraging that Sean is coming out of the Catholic Church. It seems as if that way. However, he's still got a ways to go. And I pray that people like Robert Jeffress will come along and proclaim the gospel to him, just as we all should be proclaiming the gospel to those around us who are not in the faith.
Now I'm going to be playing another clip for you of Robert Jeffress. It's not making me confident in his ability to proclaim the gospel to those in need. Let's take a listen. No, Sean, one of the things I hear you say often, you say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And that's fact, that's all of us who know Christ as Savior. You know, people want to say, well, are Catholics going to be in heaven? Or are Baptists going to be in heaven? Nobody goes to heaven in a group. We go one by one based on our relationship to Christ. And I'm grateful I'm going to see you in heaven because you're a born-again believer. Well, thank you. So this was the perfect opportunity for Reverend Jeffress to proclaim the gospel to somebody who does not seem to understand what the gospel is. This was teed up all ready for him to just come in and lay down the truth. And he completely missed the point. Now, it is true that you do not go to heaven based on what kind of church you go to. Just because you go to a Bible-preaching church does not mean that you are going to heaven. Why? Because you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, not just be calling yourself a quote-unquote Baptist or non-denominational or Lutheran or Catholic or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what your designation is. If you haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone, repented of your sins and followed after him as Lord and Savior, then you're not saved. You have to proclaim the gospel. However, at the same time, if you go to a Catholic church and you believe the theology of Catholicism, you believe that the Pope is infallible, you worship Mary, you try to earn your salvation, you're not going to heaven. So while being a part of a quote-unquote good kind of church doesn't get you into heaven, being a part of a bad quote-unquote church is going to ensure you're not going to heaven. You need to be saved out of the Catholic Church. You're not going to be saved in the Catholic Church. It is virtually impossible. Again, you need to be saved out of the Catholic Church. And I've got one more clip for you. Now, this is going to be Robert Jeffress being interviewed on Fox News responding to criticism that he is an anti-Catholic pastor. Listen to his response. And let me be clear. I've said this repeatedly. I love my Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ. We march alongside one another in right-to-life marches. We work alongside one another in religious liberty causes. And just this past Sunday, I invited Sean Hannity, a Catholic himself, to our church. He spoke, and I said to Sean and our entire congregation that I believe that millions of Catholics are going to be in heaven because of their faith in Christ. Did you hear that? Millions of Catholics are going to be in heaven. Millions of Catholics. It's not millions are going to be saved out of the Catholic Church and come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's not what he's saying here. Robert Jeffress is saying that millions of current Catholics will be in heaven. He's completely ignoring the fact that they don't believe in the gospel. He's completely ignoring the fact that they are adding works to salvation, which goes completely against 
Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, or this is not of works, because it is the gift of God, so that no one may boast. You see, if you are a Catholic, you need to be saved. Luckily, Sean Hannity is realizing that the Catholic Church isn't legit. It's not the real deal. But he still needs to believe in the gospel. He still needs true biblical faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know. Some of you may have seen one of my last posts on my website, gatekeepersonline.com. And at the end of the post, I laid out what the gospel is using strictly Bible verses. And as we close, I wanted to take the time to read these verses to you because I believe that these completely lay out what the gospel is and what you need to believe in order to be saved. I hope that Sean Hannity will have somebody that will explain this to him. I hope that if you are not saved and you don't have your faith in Jesus Christ, you haven't repented of your sins and are following after him, that you will listen to these Bible verses. This is the word of God. And this is going to lay out what the good news of the gospel is. Now, Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now this is me talking. Every single one of us has sinned. We do not deserve eternal life in heaven. We do not deserve salvation. We've fallen short. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God has given us a way to have eternal life. How did he do that? He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect, sinless life here on earth, to be the perfect sacrifice, to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. He took on our penalty. We deserve death. Not him, but he took that on his shoulders. And he paid the penalty for you and I. And Romans 5.8 goes on and says, But God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Acts 3.19, Repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. And then that verse that I quoted earlier, Ephesians 2.8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Again, you can't earn salvation. It's given to you as a free gift. And finally, John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Once you place your faith in Jesus Christ, there's no turning back. You will receive that free gift. You will have eternal life. No one or nothing can take you out of the Father's hand. Now, as we close, I pray that Sean Hannity comes to saving faith. I pray that each one of you guys that are listening to this show have saving faith in Jesus Christ and are following after him. 
And as we go about this week, look for opportunities to share this good news with those who need to hear it. And we'll talk next week. Radio Show, hosted by Jeff the GK. For more information, please visit gatekeepersonline.com and follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff the GK.